NFL Sunday Ticket is now on YouTube and YouTube TV, which means that you can stay close to your team even if you don't live in their town. Like, maybe you're a Raven who married a Seahawk who got a job in the land of the Falcons. With NFL Sunday Ticket, you can watch your team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games no matter where you live because you shouldn't have to change teams even if you change towns. NFL Sunday Ticket, now on YouTube and YouTube TV. Go to youtube.com slash presale to get $50 off. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends 919. No refund. Subscription auto renews. Wait, are you gaming on a Chromebook? Yep. It's got a high-res 120 hertz display, plus this killer RGB keyboard. And I can access thousands of games anytime, anywhere. Stop playing. What? Get out of here. Huh? Yeah, I want you to stop playing and get out of here so I can game on that Chromebook. Got it. Discover the ultimate cloud gaming machine, a new kind of Chromebook. The grade cricketer is a Twitter stream. It's about playing crickets at the grade level. It's a tough, mean, dirty, dirty business being a great cricketer. A lot of cricketers, you know, that's all they know. They've mm. done it since they're 10 and they have a deep-seated fear of change. But the great cricket is all about being the most alpha version of yourself as possible at all costs and at all times. I don't bat or bowl. I just feel the gully, count the number of dot balls in a row, sledge 15 yards, make me feel better about myself. Thanks, Thanks champ. champ. Oh, no, you called me champ. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Grey Cricketer Podcast. On today's show, we'll talk about what the hell we're going to talk about this summer after Australia absolutely obliterate Sri Lanka in the first T20 of the summer. Warner smashes 100, Maxwell doesn't get bounced and Steve Smith doesn't get a hit. We'll talk New Zealand and England, WBBL looking for selectors on seek and abandoning the coin toss. Ed Cowan is back on the show to properly start the summer and Sri Lankan legend Russell Arnold also joins the show. All of that before we answer your questions... Fears, dreams, hopes, and everything else in hashtag AskTGC. Of course, none of this would be possible without our good friends at Budgie Smuggler, budgiesmuggler.com.au. My name is Ian Higgins, and I'm joined by Dave Edwards and Sam Perry. Boys, didn't it feel good to absolutely smash someone again? Mm. Yeah, it was uh, it was ruthless dominance from Australia. He goes, um, it engendered the safe feelings that we crave, that we have craved, mm. craved for a long time it remi- like uh, and you know it reminded me of watching australia back in the mid to late 90s yeah. australia post a mammoth 245 after 50 overs you know and then mcdermott and mcgrath have two for six after coming back from the news yeah. um yeah sure there's bushfires in the summer yeah sure there's embers in my backyard yeah um but australia's taking wickets bill laurie's being silly yeah people are getting pissed the tv uh, is not showing streakers. Mum says it's time for bed. Mum and dad aren't fighting things are really really good <laughs> i could have done for some of that kind of mid 90s like between innings at 6pm, then it comes back at 7pm. Yeah, So yeah, usually yeah. we do current affair during the afternoon, yeah. so it would come back and there'd already been like 10 overs yeah, or something. Yeah. Tracy Grimshaw Could've shit. done with a bit of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember just like like Brett Lee coming in in fading light. I'm talking a few years after that. Yeah. Brett mm-hmm. Lee coming in and it's already like, you know, Wavell Hines has already nicked off. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I'm speaking of a very specific West Indian tour apparently <laughs> yeah. for some reason, but that's in my mind. And that's just what it felt yeah. like to be, are you guys feeling safe now that Australia will just once again just smash oh. every single team that comes out well, here. Yeah, I mean, nothing to see here. Nothing wrong with Australian cricket. Mm. Flat track bully boys, Warner hitting 100. <laughs> I feel safe. I feel cocooned in that safeness. Yeah. And it feels pretty good. I mean, I'm sitting here today feeling very comfortable with us where Australian mm. cricket is at. Mm. It, it, but it's funny, isn't it? Like, I already saw in the papers this morning in The Australian, for example, there was a, a slight shot at Warner's 100 saying, well, it's not a real test. You know, this isn't the real right. test. And it's just it was one a of T20. The, it's one of the great... Yeah, it's not a real test match. Yeah. Yeah. And that was well pointed out from the professional journalist of 20, 30 years. But um, 
It's just one of the great things about Australia, isn't it? Like, yeah. when we lose, it's not good enough. Mm-hmm. Like, when we win too easily, mm. cricket's not good Doesn't enough. Doesn't count. Mm-hmm. If we retain rather than win the Ashes, that's not good enough mm. either. Like, it's like our obsession with runs, you know? Like, yeah. it's not just runs. It's the right kind of runs we have mm-hmm. to score. Like, what is a pure and correct victory for Australia? Like, how do you get the, the best, purest, most correct victory? Like... Like, I'm just of the view, increasingly, that we're, like, just so entitled that we can only enjoy our victories, like, with the statute of limitations of, like, 20 years after they happen. Mm. Yeah. Steve Waugh's victories at the time, they were too bo- they were boringly good. Yeah. Now they're great. So we just have to wait 20 years to find out whether <laughs> this win on the weekend was any good. This was a great Warner 100 mm. in the year 2047. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, nothing says summer is here, like, just destroying a hapless... You know, war-torn opposition. Oh, they were home hapless, soil they? in the first match of the summer. Fuck it! It really took me by surprise. This game, yeah. that it was on at for starters on two thirty yeah, p.m. Yeah, yeah, which is when like ODIs used to be on in the nineties, right? Which would would make me feel safe. It was an ODI, yeah. but it was a T twenty. Yeah. I was expecting like a five five thirty. Yep. Kickoff. Mm-hmm. Why would they do? Do they think the Wallabies were going to make the semi-final and they just wanted to avoid a scheduling error? That had to be it, right? Because Australia's side of the draw in like the Wallabies were the Wales team yeah. that played South Africa last night. So scared. scared well, that would, punch. like, very much worry me if Kevin Roberts and co. were basing their games <laughs> off the Wallabies' performances. Yeah. Well, that's what they <laughs> played in that way. Fox Sports was scared, mm. and then they got in CA's ear and went, lads, <laughs> the Wallabies are on song here. This is their year. And if it's not them, it'll be Wales Cheek, versus Cheeks South Cheeks is going to get us into the semi. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why they played it in the afternoon, but I mean Adelaide was it was decent attendance, I suppose. But it almost kind of this uh, this sets a scary precedent for mine for the summer of just like what do we talk about this summer? Just like how good we are again, but then none of it's none of this counts. Like look how bad Sri Lanka were. Fuck, they were bad. We talk about how beat England in the World Cup should be said mm. cricket World Cup. They didn't beat um, in the in the Rugby World Cup. Mm. Sri Lanka didn't play. They didn't, they didn't get picked into mm. the World Cup. No. Yeah, well, I mean, we did see as a result, like, I mean, while there mightn't be much to talk about this summer, we, we saw some new innovations uh, from Fox Sports yeah. this summer. This yeah. is not an ad. For they them, love showing off their latest tech. Yeah. Well, we're with a different stack. network. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What's that smash factor thing? It's like more wearable technology. How much fucking wearable technology can What's there this? be? What's the smash it's, factor it's thing? It's the thing I that I think it. Fox has brought it in where there's like a sensor on the back that picks up vibrations to tell if like if someone hits a six you can tell oh. if they really got it oh okay finally you know they can, <laughs> we can draw a line in the sand on whether someone actually got it or not are those categories there like, <laughs> yeah. or like it's like yeah. the red <laughs> exactly yeah uh, the other one for me was the the speed the speed the ball was coming down the wicket so like when the speed the ball's delivered to when it actually gets to the batsman yeah completely irrelevant information for mine like i know like gilchrist was really pumping it up no. You know, friend of the show, Adam Gilchrist, mm. um, close personal friend of mine as well, clearly. But mm. but just none of these things matter. That's like just an opportunity. I can't say. Oh, like, tell me yeah. what the barometric pressure is in Adelaide on the day, <laughs> yeah. sure. But I don't really care what the speed is when the ball gets to the batsman. Exactly. And we've got blokes wearing like fifty-seven different types of wearable technology now. <laughs> like I'm worried about the effects of radiation on the body. Like obviously, not enough research has gone into this yet. Yeah. I'm yeah. predicting a class action. Yeah. Which would have affected now. the old player's comfort level as well. Anyway, yeah. that's a good point. Uh, that's why Siddle's on bananas now. He's just trying to minimize. So arbitrary. What, what was the comfort level based upon? I mean, this is was information supplied by the Bureau of Meteorology or just yeah. what Tony? I think Greg it was Tony, yeah. Tony Greg's like it's not that it was comfortable comfy today. today. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. This fan, this fan, Houston's a little bit tight around the neck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah these RMs. <laughs> yeah, not breathing. But they, they, I did say that the that Fox had cameras out on the ground before play, which isn't abnormal. But it was, mm. but so kind of ensconced in the players are they now that they're interviewing players during warm ups and throwdowns and stuff like that, and you just yeah. sort of think like. 
like where's this shit fucking end? Like like how close do we need to get to the action yeah, in cricket? Like like are we gonna have VR headsets for post match tubs? <laughs> I hope so. And if so, I'm there. Yeah. I'm there for that. Well that that yeah. sounds like some kind of esports evolution of cricket. Yeah. You know, VR technology and tubbing. I yeah. mean that that would be I'd be up for that. That would mm. be fantastic. That's like sky after dark shit, big brother up late. Yeah, hot dogs. Yeah. Red with the um <laughs> red button stuff. I saw when I like when Glenn Maxwell came to the crease and Dave Warner was being interviewed yeah. by Mark Howard or someone on commentary yeah, yeah, yeah. while Glenn Maxwell was standing directly next to him. Like, I just thought, look, looking at that through a grade prism, how disconcerting would that be? Because <laughs> when you come to the crease, you want to like maintain eye contact. Yeah. Like, what's this bloke doing? Yeah. Tell me yeah. what he's doing. What's the ball doing? How do I behave? Yeah. And he's just fucking got to sit through Dave <laughs> yeah. Warner conversing with someone remotely through an earpiece. I don't know, man. I- I've had plenty of wicked conversations with like oppressed blokes who like don't look at you and just stare straight ahead. And yeah. it's the most awkward 60 seconds of your life before someone just says, work hard. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. How does that affect your comfort yeah, levels? Exactly. Mate, his bloke's pretty up and down. He's got a bumper. Uh, just watch out for mine. It comes in a bit. Okay. All that information is just out in my head completely immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did you guys ever talk to the batsman? When you got out, did you ever say anything to the batsman who was coming in? Or vice versa? Did you ever, the batsman who just got out, did they ever say anything to you? They're just like, oh, this I bloke's to, pretty quick. Not really, like but I used to always walk a little bit towards them and then walk in with them to kind of hasten their comfort to the surroundings. Oh, okay, so yeah. like if I was batting and someone was coming in the crease, I'd not, I wouldn't walk all the way out yeah, like yeah. some people did and then, you know, yeah. accompany, accompany them like them a, like like a, a father, yeah. Yeah. yeah, father of the bride down the aisle. Exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. But I did like to create a welcoming environment for the incoming batsman. But yeah, yeah. as you say, Pez, some people deliberately tried to avoid that. Yeah. So I learned like, later learned on that. that like you actually that was even village too to even like yeah. have any kind of interaction with the incoming batsman. Like you, you waited in your crease yeah. to go and visit them was kind of like a junior thing to do. Well, like yeah. which is another just ridiculous faux yeah. pas that some man in cricket has invented that you must observe lest you be ostracized for your days. Yeah, yeah. Well, any kind of emotional connection that you're trying to forge with a teammate is you should be stricken for the record of all time. Yeah, it's it's that stiff up a little <laughs> <laughs> It's that stiff up lip stuff. Just like men should never talk to each other, even in the even in the field of battle. You know, no. um, you know, World War One stuff, um, mate. It's it's gone too far. Like you know, the game's gone. The game's gone. Bats are too big. Mm. Integration too much. I don't. I don't. Bats are too big, but they're also weigh like six hundred grams as well. Doesn't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Mm. I, I agree with everything Rod Hogg says. Frankly. <laughs> I just right. take his opinions and then pass them on as my own <laughs> social functions. So that's what I do now. I'm also sure I do not check my opinion with Greta Thunberg. <laughs> good stuff, Rod. Yeah, good uh, stuff Bob Wheels. Inside Didn't jokes he? from the boys there. Um, Warner batted well. Warner batted well, didn't he? You know, this is like good. <laughs> I was going to just say so simplistically. Good bat though, isn't he? He's a good stick. Yeah, he's a real good stick. Well, I, I, I expect him to score one trillion runs in Australia. Mm. Everyone's like, oh, he's, he's back. It's like, he, he, he never left. He's never just, left. It's like Stark. He's just like, he's extremely good in home comforts, an yep. extremely good player. He obviously mm. wanted that 100. He, the, with Australia, well, he did want it. With Australia, he two for it. 220 and a ball to go, and he was on strike. He just nerdled one did out to the boundary yeah. to get that. The, the, way, the way he hit that single, <laughs> yeah. he, was like, he was holding the bat yeah. really low. He yeah. got down low. Yeah. So I'm going to nudge this yeah, out there exactly. and get this. I don't care where this ball is bowled. The ball's going there, and we're yeah. running one, and I'm yeah. doing the Toyota Leap. Well, <laughs> not sponsored by them, you're still doing the Toyota Leap. It's ingrained <laughs> in me, brand imprinting. It's funny though, isn't it? Like it's a it's a wonderfully nuanced appreciation of PR though. Like he could do the team thing and just like 
never in a game of cricket will you have a better, more free opportunity to hit a six, mm. right? There's no, there's no reason for him to hit a single. And he decides to do it because he's like, that hundred for me, that launches my summer. I'm launched yeah, now. That's front page. If he doesn't, if mm. he gets caught in the boundary, yeah. if he holds out and he's 99, it's a different story altogether. So I'm mm. just saying Roxy, yeah. you know, that's fantastic <laughs> stuff. This was his season launch, wasn't it? Was, it? Yeah. Was Big gala, he invited all his stakeholders yeah. there. This is my launch. Yeah. It was his birthday yesterday, 33. What a day. Yeah. 100 on your birthday. So Rocky so, just like, goes us in the earpiece as long as, <laughs> as, as well as Mark <laughs> Howard. Exactly. Just one here. One here, Davey. One here, Bull. Same with Stark, though, as well. Probably like like one of the best, if not the best, T20 bowler in the world. Lots of question marks over him and whether he'll play. Like Stark mm-hmm. is arguably the number one Australian quick in the country in Australia. You mm-hmm. know, The guy likes bowling on dry, abrasive surfaces. Just took 10 with, with great airspeed and reverse swing. It works great really airspeed. well here. Like, we all in our lives have... Like home games and away games, don't we? You know, like I like going to the pub with my mates yeah. uh, in the sun. I'm charismatic and I perform very well there. If yeah. I go to a fucking two year old's birthday party, you know, at 11 a.m. and I'm sh- surf Chardonnay and I have to perform, it's not as I'm not as good. Yeah, and that's like Stark in England. It's the same shit. Yeah. We all have a home and away. <laughs> I prefer taking the light rail to work. You know, I don't like getting on city rail trains. You play I better, better on them. Exactly. Yeah. So pick your light more, rail, but I prefer them. Just um, just going back to to Warner. The over, so there were seven balls left. I'm just trying to think the situation. Maxwell was still in. Was Ma- yeah, Maxwell was still in. Maxwell hit a single down to third man. Therefore, he'd be back on strike for the last over. Warner at this point was on 93 or something like that. Mm. So Warner obviously wants 100 for his PR move, as we've just discussed. Mm. He's, he's own present on his birthday. Yep. And then the ball gets thrown and the keeper misses it and it hits Warner mm. and deflects into the offside. There was, meant, there was a man backing up, so it would have been no overthrow. Mm. Hits Warner and he goes, yeah, we'll take one there. I'll get yeah. myself back on the strike for the next yeah. over. Yeah. That's great level of shithousery. Yeah. Great level. Yeah. What's he going to do there? I mean, what's he just going to turn it down, isn't he? I mean, that are... would be the move to, to win the hearts of the mm. nation. Mm. But well, he's already won our hearts. Uh, where are we on the hearts in terms of David Warner winning them? Runs. He's runs runs equals hearts. forgiveness. Runs that's equals the, yeah. that, that's the formula. Yes. Score, score the point. runs and we'll forgive you for anything. Okay. I don't even remember what happened before, like why Steve Smith got suspended. No, I don't remember. Not since the Ashes. Yeah, no one's made a joke about that in a while. Um, all right. Well, um, at what point did Australia think that they were going to win yesterday? Because that's that's part of Warner's single off last ball, right? That they were like, we've already got fifty too yeah. many here, probably a hundred too many against this <laughs> terrible team. Hmm. At what point did they won? At what point did they think? At what point did they know they won me, the game? Well, I don't know what that meant. Yeah. Well, when they oh, were three for eighty off eight, and yeah. I just the symmetry and the dominance of that. Nice. Yeah. That's probably when they thought. That was certainly when I thought to turn off my television set. Yep. For the summer. <laughs> was that, like once, yeah. You know, Maxwell came in and just started you know, like showing off. You know, like yeah. he was globe trotting, walloping the ball, flicking it, and yeah. then like. Uh, you know, like he finally won that game that he'd been promising to win us during the World Cup yeah. for us. And yeah. like, uh, Dave uh, Warner hitting like reverse sweep boundaries and them yeah. saying, you know, they practice those these days. <laughs> you know, they, they actually get in the nets and practice those shots that they do in the middle. Yeah. Did you know uh, that? Yeah, I didn't know that. But I didn't, I, I didn't think that they would practice the things that they do. I was reminded when that was happening, when like Maxwell used to bat three for Australia in tests mm. and he played a reverse sweep in a test match. That was mm. that was loose in hindsight. Yeah, it was a different era though. You've got to consider it within the context of the era mm. that it was within. It's like a cover drive for him to be fair. He, he did um, come out after the game and say, because he's, he's batting with a more open stance now, Maxwell. Yeah, that's right. And uh, he's obviously played well. And he said, oh, I've been trying to get my right eye involved in the game more. And it's like, shit, dude, you've been playing with one eye. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. How good can he be? Yeah, that explains the World Cup and yeah. him not being able to bat more than three balls. Mm. Well, now he's using two eyes. Mm. The sky's the limit. The sky's the limit. Uh, he'll open the batting for Australia and bowling. Um, so Australia were looking for a selector. And they posted a message out on Seek. 
which was an interesting um, method to do that. Um, there's some names being tossed up as to who the selectors are going to be. Brad Hodge wants to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we just suggested Ed Cowan, who's coming on the show. So we'll just ask him like, who he's going to pick in the first mm-hmm. test. Um, uh, Sydney Morning Herald did as well. Did they? Yeah, just chucked his name in. Nice. Yeah, so we're, we're going to speak, we're gonna speak to a potential selector. Yeah. I don't you guys, think his employers are aware of that. Would you guys want to do that? I got a message from my brother and yeah. he said, like, do you want to do this? I was like, no, probably just easy to make jokes about the selectors and actually do it. Yeah. Do you guys want to do it? Um, Maybe selectors. Well, I saw that the um, the salary range on the CCAD was 150k plus. Oh, so not enough. Here. So presumably there's some incentive based scheme on top of that. Okay. So you're looking at 200 plus OTE at least. Yeah. I would have thought. Yeah. You know, if we split that three ways, say we've got a yeah. selection yep. uh, between us, we're mm. a third effectively of a selector each. Mm. Mate, let's just write another book. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's where the real money <laughs> that's is. Where the real yeah. money yeah, that's is. That's where yeah. the real money is. Yeah. Do you think? Why did they publicly advertise on Seek.com? No, the, I. I I think it must have been like a, and this is like a kudos to CA. I, I think it's a genuine PR play. Yeah. Because okay. I reckon it's the, like, they're sitting down in their like playful PR meeting and they're like, well, every Australian thinks they're a selector. Why don't we put it on seek.com.au? Yeah. And you're like, it's actually quite a clever way to really highlight and amplify to people that no longer is Greg Chappell involved in cricket anymore. <laughs> you yeah. know? And then like, it just yeah. starts a whole bunch of conversations. Everyone's like, oh, I'm going to chuck my name in the yeah. room. Well, that, it, you. I actually exactly. saw it through LinkedIn. But, uh. yeah. <laughs> well, it's actually a really good way of getting customer data because thousands of blokes. <laughs> it, was a data exercise. it was a data exercise. Big data. Get those customer data. Yeah. Not to be confused with Sarah Gangoli. Big, big data. Big data. Big data. <laughs> big data. Yeah, that's we'll different. We'll get to that. Yeah. <laughs> but, but like on the sort of um, those platforms, we do have to shout out to um, Matt Linton who wrote in last week with one of the great posts to TGC to the social. We don't normally like overlap these things, but he, this is a guy who wrote in. Um, he opened the batting for Curtin Park against Swanburn in WA, and he was bowled by a guy called D Walser. And oh, yes. uh, uh, twenty four hours later, David Walser. Uh, had then researched, searched him on LinkedIn, <laughs> and it turned up on his profile page. And like, I know we we like poo poo this with RTGC, yeah. but I truly want to know who the fuck is the alpha there. You know what I mean? Because then he's come to TGC as well, yeah. Matt Linton, and kind of exposed him. But like, yeah. I don't think it gets much better than fucking clean bowling somebody and then yes. just checking them on LinkedIn. So the timeline yeah. is that he definitely checked it after. Yeah, after. Yeah. 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 It would be funny if he did it before, just well, researching it. Would it help to know somebody's professional capacity? or, or I think so. Compl- yeah. I mean, obviously there are settings on LinkedIn where you can be in a private mode where mm-hmm. no one can see that you're spying on another person's profile, but mm-hmm. then you don't come up when they see that someone's yeah. looked at your is that LinkedIn premium, profile. Is that premium shit? That sounds... Well, this bloke obviously doesn't care who sees. Like He's obviously taken yep. the wickets so he's the alpha. Reckless. And he's like, mate, I'm going to go on this. I'm going to look at my mm. profile. My mm. profile's public. He'll see mm. that I've seen this. Yeah. And he would have seen the scorecard when I got him out the other day. And he'll mm. be able to put two and two together. <laughs> but have you ever like, have you ever got somebody out and then just become curious about their professional life? <laughs> <laughs> what, would, what would trigger that? Yeah, like, 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 like he's walking off. He's like, I wonder what he does yeah, for a job. Walks like a fucking barrister, that bloke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Absolute bellend. Yeah. What are you, a fucking judge, mate? Yes. <laughs> yes Supreme Court judge. Unless, like, the bowler is, like, you know, he's, he's in between jobs and he's, like, maybe he had, like, yeah. matching matching kits. Yeah. So he's, like, oh, he's probably quite well-to-do. He's got a bit of cash behind him. What if he does for yeah. an income? Well, maybe maybe I can I mean, link him, link him, linked in with him. In the, in the first book of The Great Cricketer, um, The Great Cricketer actually explored networking opportunities with the player he was batting with. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. After they discovered they had a shared interest in sales. So, you know, th- these things can happen on a cricket field. <laughs> Why does everything we joke about come true? Um, England and New Zealand are playing. Um, well, that, it, it's it's a weird. They've got five T Twenties. It starts on Friday coming. Then they've got two tests, and for some reason, the two tests that they're playing in 
um, is outside the test championship, which I don't, underst- I don't understand why. That's a thing. However, it does toss up a thing of like, so Joe Root's captaincy was kind of questioned towards the end, last mm-hmm. two tests of the Ashes right. series, and they're kind of thinking like, well, because his numbers are way down as a captain as opposed to when he was batting four and not mm-hmm. captain and when Elsa Cook was doing it. So is there an opportunity here for England to maybe give it to someone else? It, it, they might have a similar issue with like the, the, the Payne-Smith thing. It's like who else is there to give it to? Joffre? All I know about England is firstly like the poor Kiwis in relation to them after our Saturday's rugby union. Oh, result, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely mm. dicked by them in the cricket and now in the rugby, yeah. whereas the rugby was a very like, uh, well, it was a comprehensive result. Yeah. All I know with England is like, I need them to give their captaincy to someone who like represents England. Like that mm-hmm. rugby union result was great for England because it was just classically England, you know, clinical. Yeah. Set piece, like excellence, great kicking, like it was all about discipline. Mm. Like the, the, what I struggle with this England side is that they're becoming this like um, mercurial, yeah. f- like um, flying, attractive cricketing nation, and I don't get it from a brand point of view. Like good luck, but I, I don't. It doesn't it doesn't compute to me. Like no. Australia, Australia has to be Death Star, boorish, arrogant. Uh, you know, hard, fast, aggressive, hard, fast, aggressive, yeah, exa- masculine. Exactly. Mm. I don't like. I don't like them trying to be nice. You know mm. what I mean? And England is the same thing. It's like every, so, you know, every cricketing nation must have their own identity and stick to it at all times. Yeah, like England mm. needs to be obstinate bulldogs. Tragic. You know, like uh, I want more trot. You know, I want less bearstow. I do like bearstow. You know, like I want yeah. more Jack Hobbs. You know, sure. I, 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 I want more Alistair Cook. I, I just just yeah. go back to the brand. You know that I can understand. Mm-hmm. Go back to England. England rugby. They've got it right. Yeah, England yeah. stop trying to be cool and attractive and fun. Mm. It's not, it doesn't work for well, you. Well, something that's not cool is their new coach because I didn't actually know. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't. Let's see where he's going. Let's it's, see where he's going. Like. They, yeah. They've selected a bloke whose name I'm not familiar with, right? Yeah. And obviously they didn't take that into consideration when making the selection. Mm-hmm. But I mean, can you can you guys give me a bit of insight into this? Because this happened while I was away. I was, mm. you know, I didn't, I didn't actually compute it until the other day that mm. they had a new coach. Mm. But his name is uh, Chris Silverwood. Mm-hmm. A couple of tests in the nineties, couple mm-hmm. of ODIs. How many tests did you play, mate? Well, what, <laughs> did anyone know anything about it? No, that's the good gear. I, I don't really, but that's what no, I want. But that's what I'm saying. It he, might be more on brand yeah. than this glamorous, glitzy England. Mm. I, I like. Mm. I could be wrong, but I've heard him talk once or twice, and he seems to have, like could be wrong about where he's from. But it has a southernish kind of accent, oh, okay. and like uh, it just he's sort of one of the boys. The guys respect him, you know. He's right. just going to bring a few little tweaks and changes. Okay. He's not like a. He's not coming in like with the new. He's not a turnaround CEO. No, no, he's not a turnaround CEO. Uh, and so I, I like that. This, this is the England that I can compute. But, yeah. but it's got nothing to do with whether I've, they're going to be good or not. I've got a theory. that I started to see during the World Cup and in the Ashes, like England are becoming Australia. First of all, they're going to hold the Cricket World Cup and probably the Rugby World Cup as well. Oh There's potential God. that's going to happen oh at the same time. But yes. like they're being it's like really assertive. They're kind of like being quite arrogant on the field as well, England. But mm. there's real like Australian culture brought about by obviously Brexit mm. um, and climate change. Yeah. Um, and, and, like, and now that they're, now they're picking coaches like good around the group, you know, he's just one yeah. of the boys. They yeah. like him. He's got a bit of bad in a couple of yeah. test matches. Like good with a laptop. Good with a laptop. Yeah, yeah it's very, it's all very well, Australian. Because I mean, they've come from Trevor Bayless, obviously Eddie I mean. Jones is the rugby union coach, yeah. and then all the hundred coaches are pretty much fucking Australian. Yeah. Kadich, <laughs> Lehman. Yeah. Okay, mm. Who else? Bayless. Well. Gillespie. Warren. Yeah, Warren. Yeah. Fucking hell. Because we, we were hoping so, uh, our close personal friend Jason Gillespie um, was mm-hmm. going to get the well, coaching role. Was he role. in the running? I don't, he he was, put his name in the hat. 
Oh, I think he was in the running. Yeah. He was in the running. Was he? Yeah. And for that London live show, the last, was it the last show he did? Yeah, the last mm. show he did. Yeah. He, he, he didn't want to say too much because he was like, well, I'm going to be the coach of the national no. team soon. But now that he won't be doing that, the Brisbane live show is going to be great because yeah. now he can say whatever he wants. Just to clarify, <laughs> he didn't say those words, no. I'm going to be the national coach soon. But, <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't want to put yeah. words in his mouth. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He'll just tear up his NDA and tell us everything. <laughs> so on that, uh, on that New Zealand tour, which is being absolutely comprehensively wrapped up by us, um, Bairstow has been dropped from test matches and um, Ed Smith, who's the chairman of selectors, mm. has said, well, this is a chance for, for Johnny um, to sort of go again, to, like, to, to start again, to reset. Oh, I don't know what that means that because mean? like, how many runs do you need to get in T20s to be like, okay, you can bat six and for the test team again? Well, I mean, it's probably not a nice thing to hear from the head of selectors that you need to reset. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't yeah, that like mean yeah. just start again? He's been using one eye. like, like Maxwell. a factory reset on an iPhone. Yeah. Like, exactly. All your data. Have you tried turning it on and off again? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what they're trying to do to Johnny Bairstow. Just turn him off and on again. Runs will come from there. And all of the cookies are gone. Yeah. You know, everything. <laughs> Manufacturer reset, just yeah. the way the, it came from the factory. And that's what they want. Yeah. And it's not, it, that's not to be confused with the reset of like starting again if you hit a 50. Some says start again. It's like, yeah. why would I start again? I want yeah. 50. Yeah. Well, Bradman used, to, to, Bradman used to say like, yeah. I, I, you know, my secret was like, every ball I treated like it was my first. It's like, that, that's a fucking, that's a tough existence. Well, like stupid. Yeah. Yeah. Besieged by nerves, like unsure of what the ball's doing. Besieged by nerves. <laughs> exactly. Constantly asking the non-striker, what's he doing yeah. with it? How many <laughs> balls are left after every ball? Yeah. Mate, you're on 230. You tell me what he's doing with it. No, it's my first ball. Yeah, first ball. Now, a lot going on with Bradman, to be fair. Mm. Um, okay, so Cam Williamson's out at the T20s with a hip injury. Trent Bolt is going to miss the first three right. of those five T20s. Trent, um, his name Tim South. He's going to captain New Zealand. Okay. And then test matches. Any, well, um, that doesn't mean anything because it's not part of the test. I think it's actually going to be a really exciting series as a whole. I mean, I still don't understand why it's outside the test um, championship. This, the, but like England in New Zealand is interesting because like those wickets actually, it's good to watch. It actually might be more interesting series than what's going to happen mm, in Australia. Yeah, they're not like lopsided. They're two teams that come from similar-ish kind yeah. of wickets and upbringings. Yeah. Yeah, and you know, obviously New Zealand will be keen to get one back on their old rivals, England, after the World Cup. Mm. So that was Siri. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, the WBBL, uh, Scorchers versus Renegades game. Um, the game was delayed by 15 minutes after a fire alarm went off inside the Junction Oval. Yeah. Um, the building was evacuated with that incident with some burnt toast to blame. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I put it to you guys. What's the strangest way you've ever seen a game delayed or this stopped? Is how we're covering the WBBL. <laughs> <laughs> yep. yeah. That's how I am. Cool. Uh, all right, well... I got two. The first one was uh, I once hit a throwdown onto a pitch at North Sydney Oval, just let you know I was playing there, and um, <laughs> after a rain delay, so the pitch was soft and then the roller went over it uh, on a good length and uh, left a massive hole and we, that we waited for an hour. And then the second one was um, a game was delayed in sixth grade that I was playing into because uh, one of the batsmen on the opposition side got bumped and he was wearing glasses and it smashed his glasses and oh. like cut his face and he was dripping with blood onto oh. the pitch and then he like he had business shirt with sleeves rolled up chucked his bat um, down onto the ground and like started walking towards the bowler to fight him with like blood and glasses all over his face. Oh so my that was a bit, God. Um, Did he take his yeah. shirt off? <laughs> oh, no. Did his shirt front him? Uh, well, like, yeah, so to speak. So uh, there was a there was a bit of a delay while that um, scuffle was uh, dealt with. So it's just, <laughs> Sorry, uh, how, how did that finish? Uh, I think he like, um he walked up to him uh, and then like he was like, he, he sort of had a, 
like he was sort of in shock, so he right. to, it was a bit of a red mist thing. Yeah. And then when he got closer to him, he was like, "Oh, I don't, don't, yeah, I don't, I don't really want to do this." this. And, like, and then the, the umpires, like as they always do, like walked in between, but they did it way too slowly. It was already dissipating. And then mm-hmm. they like walked in with their hands on their back and mm-hmm. yeah. the whole thing. So it was one of those things where you, you get to a certain point, then you like you want your mates to hold you back. Yeah. And then you'll even say, "Hold me back, lads. Mm-hmm. Hold me back. Mm-hmm. Who knows? No who knows what I'll do?" No, it was cheering, lads, lads, lads. Everyone's just like, mate, your fucking glasses are all over the pitch. <laughs> yeah, are you okay, sir? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I thought you were going to say the game got held up while they had to pick up all the little pieces of glass. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, yeah. Just reasons. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I, I can't remember really, but my on my darkest moments, I did occasionally fantasise about calling it a bomb threat to get games cancelled. That mm. happened in a test match in New Zealand last mm. summer. There was a bomb threat. I took note of that. Oh. <laughs> mm. Mm. <laughs> I never did it though. My great cricket career took place mm. post 9-11 politically sensitive era so yeah wouldn't have been appropriate to call in a bomb threat mm. couldn't have done it mm. who would you call at like north Sydney number two yeah. to call in a bomb threat like yeah. bevan bevan white <laughs> yeah lads well, it's been a bomb threat <laughs> i mean would the club president know to take it seriously be like, what? well what the thing is i would have installed some like voice modulation software on my on my phone <laughs> yeah. Mark, you know like dark web shit there yeah. yeah just no one would have known my identity <laughs> yeah <laughs> Like we need a call from the ATO. Yeah, you think Glenn Maxwell issued a few bomb threats on the weekend. What was yours, Bear? Here goes. Uh, I remember um, uh, it was Chatswood Oval, and that was a common grounds where um, underage teens would uh, engage in um, underage <laughs> sex <laughs> and also true. drinking. Yeah. And uh, there was about the R. Kelly documentary on Netflix. That's right. And I was uh, I was feel, I was fielding. These kids were like 15, 16. They were like hammered, and um, <laughs> just like came onto the field like one yeah. one bloke was like trying to fight like yeah. one of our guys and it was just a, like a ruckus and it was just uncomfortable. Yeah. Um, so that's what happened in the WBBL this... Well, I'm glad we covered it. There was, there was, I mean, there's still more chat about Phoebe Litchfield as well, who's yeah. 16, because, uh, you know, she's destroying everybody. And that's like right. there was a big feature piece on her over the weekend saying how's like she... Um, speaking of underage stuff, but like she goes to like Kin Ross Wallaroy in, uh, in Orange. And like go, goes to like four classes at school, then gets on a regional flight, probably Rex, you know, to um <laughs> to, to state training mm-hmm. when she's sixteen, and yeah, they're like right. talking about how like she's really mature, but when they put her in like through tough situations, you know, like fruit, like you know, dry up her run scoring in one area in the nets or something, she has to solve problems and stuff. They're like, that's when you see the sixteen year old. Mm. I'm like, well, what the fuck were you doing when you were sixteen? Like, I was underage drinking in a park with <laughs> yeah, mates. Yeah. You know what I mean? I wasn't being mm. put in those tough situations mm. at state training. All right, I'm mm. sure she'll be fine. Did you come onto my game one day and you were drinking at Chatswood Oval? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about Rex, you don't get any points for Rex, so I don't know why she's even bothering. It's a good point. Nice. Um, Faf Duplessis um, said, uh, "This is after the South Africa series. Where they they struggled a little bit in India. Um, they gave it a good go by turning up, um, mm. but they struggled." Um, Faf Duplessis says that we should get rid of the toss. And that the away team should um, have mm. the, the choice of what they want to do first. Thoughts on this? I mean, I, at test level, I don't mind the idea of fucking it off. At professional level, obviously at grade level and park level, it's extremely important because it's a, it's a huge um, moment in the game. Mm. Everyone's craning their necks to understand what's happening. Yeah. You know, the body language of the captains. Right. Both captains are analysed at length. It's a really important part. Of, and once the toss has been decided, it shapes your weekend or your weekends going yeah, forward. So it's, it's critical that we keep it at, at a park level. Mm. Internationals, though, I mean, fucking the teams at home are just dominating yep. world cricket at the moment. So I'm very happy. And, and uh, for me, the toss has been fucked up ever since bat flip came in in the BBL. Mm. There's no sacri- that's sacrilegious. We seem to be want to tinkering it with yeah, I was I was thinking of the bat flip as well. Mm. Like we need to make it sexier somehow and we need to make the game more interesting for I don't know who. But I understand that the 
the people testing. that aren't watching it. Yeah, exactly. You've got to yeah. make it interesting to the people that aren't watching it. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, Pez, do you want it? Do you want it in? Do you want to fuck off the the, the coin toss? Uh, Get it's, rid. It's a, such a strange reason. I don't know anything that kind of forces home teams to create wickets that are probably conducive to both sides doing okay is fine by me. But I would say that wouldn't I? Given that you know Australia haven't beaten India in India, and that would annoy them greatly if we did. But like, is, isn't every international cricket council, like every international cricket board, their success financially is based on home wins? You win the you win your games at home, so people come because they want to watch the home team win. Yeah, we didn't do that last we'll year. We'll have to get Brady gone to talk about. Yeah, okay, good point. I see governance issues. Um, all right, we're going to speak to uh, well, we've got two guests on this show. We have got Ed Cowan and Russell Arnold coming up. Then after that, hashtag AskTJC. Boys, I've been trying to get this man on for many, many years. Uh, he's a hero of mine, of sorts. Uh, I was lucky enough in 2009 to play at the Sydney Tigers Cricket Club alongside this Sri Lankan great. And my main memories of Russell Arnold are that he was swamped by pretty much bogan Sydney cricketers for a long period of time and alphaed them and dominated them at all times and costs all while remaining a very, very polite and nice person. It just goes to show it can be done. You can be a good bloke and be very good at cricket. Uh, it's our great pleasure to bring on to the show Russell Arnold. Rusty, welcome. Thanks, guys. Hope all's well. <laughs> <laughs> All is very well. Uh, and just for the benefit of the listeners, it's been a real tech issue to even get this conversation stood up. So we say thank you to Russell for even being part of it. Rusty, can you just quickly tell us, firstly, your impressions of playing grade cricket, your memories of playing it, and, and how it compares to other cricket you played around the world? Oh, yeah. It, um, well, initially, a lot different because we're never used to showing up over two weekends to complete the one game. <laughs> <laughs> so getting. Yeah. Getting used to that was a, a bit of a challenge. And uh, otherwise, uh, it was uh, keenly contested. I thought um, it was great fun, in fact. Um, lots of good memories. Uh, and uh, I'll also have to add to that that i uh, never been sledged uh, as much as I got sledged uh, <laughs> while playing for, for the Sydney Tigers. Well, Carl, what's the kind of sledging that you get as a former test great? Coming into grade cricket in Australia, you know, you've obviously, people have obviously read your Crick Info profile. What, what's the content that comes out of Australian men's mouths towards you in, on a grade cricket scenario? <laughs> oh, well, um, trying to, guys um, uh, like to have a chirp at you. Um, I mean, all in, all in good fun, of course. And uh, try to tell you the, that you know, stuff like, oh, you're boring. How did you end up playing? Uh, international cricket, you know, stuff like that. Um, That's good stuff. Um, another guy, I, I had just started a commentary when I think one of the youngsters in one of the opposing teams said, uh, uh, your commentary is as boring as your batting. <laughs> uh, so it's commenting so on your just, body uh, work. Yeah, stuff like that. That one obviously stuck, uh, Russell, always, if you remember always, it. Yeah, yeah, it did. <laughs> it's one of those that I remember, so it did stick. Uh, but it was good fun, stuff like that. Yeah. Um, well, Rusty, and I, of course, I was... a few words that I can't mention here because I didn't. Oh no, you can. Uh, <laughs> it's, not, it's not a family. It's podcast. not a family show. <laughs> it's exclusively males between the age of eighteen and thirty-four. Yeah, it's anti-family podcast. Actually. <laughs> yeah. um, now, Russell, I mean, I had the pleasure of watching you often stand without any hat on um, or helmet, hitting um, first-grade opening bowlers over cover. Um, where um, I couldn't actually see the ball, or many of us actually couldn't. Um, we, a, a lot of us watched Australia versus Sri Lanka yesterday. Russell, uh, you know, it's so hard for Australians to even compute whether our side is good or the teams we're playing against are bad. Can you just give us a sense of where Sri Lankan cricket is at the moment, both at uh, sort of T20 level and just broadly? 
uh, just trying to discover what type of game they want to play. Um, I think they've got a good group, uh, quite a few skilled players. The tour of Pakistan uh, was actually a blessing in disguise because a lot of uh, the players who had been around senior, you could say, or experienced players did not tour. So it was the younger guys who got an opportunity and they did go out there and shine. There were plenty of guys who showed a lot of skill. And mind you, Pakistan um, are the number one T- uh, T20 side in the world. So it was no mean feat beating them 3-0. When the bowlers, um, they, they were brilliant. Uh, even under pressure, uh, there was a lot of uh, good performances that, coming, uh, that were coming through. So it's about now getting the right mix the right balance and what type of game plan uh, you want to take forward. But of course, you've got to remember that Australian conditions are so different than most of these players haven't played uh, here. So that's uh, uh, another thing they'll have to adjust to and very fast. Uh, the bounce here conditions means that you need different options when scoring runs or your breakthrough, uh, breakaway shot. And same with the bowling, the lengths are different and uh, the type of variations you need to bring in are slightly different. So these are things that they'll have to pick up soon if they really want to compete. But at the end of the day, the experience on this tour will only serve them well because at the end of the, uh, they're all lying uh, a year's time, isn't it? Mm. J- just on the conditions, Russell, I mean, you obviously played in Australia uh, a, f- a fair bit. Like, How different did you actually find it from bat- you know, batting in home and in, in the Asian um, countries as well as opposed to the fast and bouncy wickets here. It is, is, it a, is it almost a fear thing that the ball bounces and gets around the sort of the chest and neck region a lot more or is it hitting the splice of the bat? I mean, like, how different is it to adapt for um, Asian countries particularly uh, coming out to Australia? It is very different because uh, your scoring options, um, your, uh, under pressure you uh, fall back on certain instincts. And those instincts do not suit these conditions. And uh, even if you have grown up in these conditions and your technique and your mindset is all in tune for these conditions, there are moments where uh, you're stressed and under pressure. So, so those, it's those moments that you have to manage. The better players uh, who come from the subcontinent, you'll see that they always get runs. Mm-hmm. But to go on and get the big, big runs is the challenge because that's, you fall back on your natural instinct which probably doesn't suit these conditions. To me, it's more about, um, if you talk about the longer game or uh, cricket itself, it's the single options that are different. You bowl crap, you, you, or rather you say you bowl a half volley, you will drive it anyway. Mm-hmm. If it's short and therefore the cut, you'll cut it anyway. Mm-hmm. But how are you going to maneuver the bowling? How are you going to get off strike and get things rolling in your favor? Those are the ones uh, that really get tricky. In the subcontinent, it doesn't bounce as much. Let's say the ball's around your waist. Uh, you can use your wrists, create a bit of pace and work it onto the leg side or run it down to third man. But here you're trying to run it down to third man, that extra bounce ends up at slip. Mm-hmm. So it's those little nitty-gritties and how you're going to work around that is the biggest difference for me. It's not about hitting the ball. Mm-hmm. That you'll do it if it's there anyway. Rusty, a very comprehensive answer, and I think I'd love to get you on another time to talk through things like, uh, you know, your great test career, your international career, and uh, even stories from the ICL, which were probably hilarious. Um, <laughs> but I'm conscious that uh, we've sort of called you a bit late, and uh, you've got places to be, so we'll, we'll have to save it till that time. But um, thank you anyway for coming on and at least telling us uh, your impressions of grade cricket and uh, Sri Lanka at the moment. No worries, guys. We'll have a longer chat next time. Sorry about that. Don't be sorry. It's our fault. Cheers, Rusty.
Cheers, man. Last week we kicked off the great Australian Rig 11, gentlemen, which is basically about celebrating rigs of all shapes and sizes. We're obviously celebration. Fascinated. We're fascinated with rigs here in Australia. Um, Don't horn the lucky country. Yeah, I'm sure. I talk, I'm sure there's a chapter on rigs. <laughs> I have a jerky <laughs> vocal motion. Uh, and so we're continuing that this week. We had a few nominations through the week. A lot, lot came in for yeah. Nathan Lyon. Uh, I, I guess it's he, he's got a. How would you describe his rig? Well, it's wiry, isn't it? Mm. Kind of, well, it just kind of sits there and hangs down as if it's mm. held on a coat hanger. Mm. Kind of wide, well, shapeless. I'm not knocking it. Mm. I'm just saying. We're celebrating it. We're celebrating it. Mm. It's a celebration. Mm. Nathan Lyon looks like he works in an office. <clears throat> he's on mm. an office rig. Mm. Like and do you Cameron, reckon like when you, Cameron Smith strikes me as the sort of person that would turn up to the game actually and go like, just off the office here, bro? Hey, boys. Gary definitely talks outside of yeah. his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Definitely yeah. kind of bloke who takes photos on Instagram and says, "My office for the day." Yeah, Best job in the world. Sorry. Yeah. So we're naming a great Australian rig eleven for, with Bargy Smuggler, and we want your suggestions for mm. great Australian rigs. They have to have come from Australia, and what we're going to do is going to put them onto a pair of custom smugglers okay. um, with the uh, you know I, I hope that many people. Will purchase it and wear, um, you know, budgies with men's rigs all over normal stuff. So, let's just talk about a couple of rigs that we think might be able to go on. Any body part, any type from around Australia. What, what, what are the types? Of, I mean, he goes, "You're a rig man." Like there are different shapes of rigs, aren't there? There's like you know, the mesomorph, yeah, and the uh, endomorph, yeah, yeah endomorph yeah. and whatever. Yeah, can you name it just off the top of your head? A couple of endomorphs, mesomorphs. Eh? No, I, I was just, well, for some reason, in my head, I'm just keeping. What are you about, talking about? <laughs> I just keep thinking about Gladstone Small. I don't know <laughs> okay, why yeah. I'm thinking about. Obviously, <laughs> played for some poster we've got yeah. in that studio. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's a screensaver on my phone. Mm. But just that, like, lack of neck is just. I, I don't know why I was thinking about that. But then I was thinking about Mitch Marsh's head. Mm. Like uh, they call him the Bison, and uh, his head. Because mm. we 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 met him recently yeah. in person. Is the head it's, part of the rig? Oh yeah. Big time. Absolutely. His head is probably the most... So the voice <laughs> is an instrument. Oh, yeah. Got me there. Yeah. His head is quite... It's it's alarmingly big. I was alarmed the first time I saw it. Mm. Mm. Is that bigger alarmed. than Cam Bancroft's? Because he's, no. he's got a big head. He's got a hard head. It's different. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Density of head versus yeah. just general. Yeah. Mm. Bancroft's Size, more like Hay Arnold. There's more width to it. But like... Mm, yeah, it's wide. It's a wide head. It's a wide head. But Mitch Marsh's... It's just yeah. a... Th- it's for, thick. Mm. It is thick, isn't it? Uh, for me, mm. I think I'd like to see Brett Lee's hamstrings. So, you know, oh, like cool. the way he bounded in yeah. to the crease and, you know, the way that those pants were fitted around yes. that nice. part of his body yes. as you saw it running in, so symmetrical and mm-hmm. upright and mm-hmm. just taut and bouncy. Mm. I, <laughs> sorry, I just... Mm. Um, yeah, stop me if I'm getting too vivid here. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I just remember seeing him also at this SEG a few years ago in some tapered chinos, just fitting in all the right areas. He's still got it. Yeah, right. So I'd like to see Brett Lee's hamstrings, not calves, mm. just the hamstrings. Just the hamstrings. I don't know how you'd isolate that on some budgies, but I'd mm. like to see what they do with it. Mm. So this is all part of Budgie Smuggler's Ordinary Rig campaign heading into Christmas. We're creating custom smugglers. We want your suggestions for who will go on this. We think Nathan Lyon will probably get a go. We want a couple of more suggestions. What you got to do is just post in... Uh, to at Budgie Smuggler and at Grad Cricketer, hashtag Great Australian Rig. Uh, according to Budgie Smuggler, there's three fifty dollars vouchers uh, from them to be given at random to people entering suggestions. Also, if you want custom smugglers for your club, jump onto the Budgie Smuggler website and uh, you'll they'll waive the production fee if there's over twenty. So deadline for that's going to be around mid November, so we can get this done by Christmas. So give us your suggestions, Great Australian Rig for Budgie Smuggler. Okay, this guest has been on about 37 times. He's played 18 tests, got 1,000 runs, highest 136, one ton, 650s, 143 first-class matches, over 10,000 runs, highest 225, <laughs> over 42, 2500s, 4850s. Finn Review said he enjoys modern art, can talk with some authority on literature. 
Uh, he knows the company of Richard Flanagan if he was in it uh, at a market in Tasmania. He's also the member of investment team at TDM Growth Partners, uh, a private investment firm founded in 2004, investing in fast-growing companies. Um, that's not an ad for that. Um, he also sits on the board of Cricket New South Wales as a non-executive director, as a co-founder of Tripod, and yesterday hit 37 against Campbelltown Camden uh, in a T20. <laughs> uh, Ed Cowan, uh, welcome. How'd you hit him yesterday? Sam Perry, thanks for having me back. I've promised to bring my best self today because mm. I know the last time I was on this show, I probably let all three of you down and I've reflected on that and I've, I've yeah. decided to come back stronger. It's a bit grumpy, but I've walked in with a, a smile on my face. Mm. Yesterday, let's talk about yesterday, three horns, <laughs> a hanger. Well, let, let's just set the same And, for, and for then me. douse myself in Lynx Africa. Thank you, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much, seen, Max man. Hope, and shared a towel with someone. It was a fantastic <sighs> Sunday out. Did you go first with a towel? Or no, second? second. Always yeah. go second. We've rushed like, it. It wasn't this. my towel. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of people mightn't recognise what Campbelltown Canton is. So you played grade cricket yesterday, is what we're saying. Times two, yeah. Times two. So run us through this. Fairfield, Liverpool in the morning, right. T20 game. Thought coming in here, obviously on the Monday, need need some stories to, to some regale about. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah. We'll try and hit sixes. <laughs> First attempt, straight up the chimney, out. Uh, Did you get a send not, off? Yeah, absolutely. Because uh, you're wearing um, Australia lid. And then got a couple away. <laughs> <laughs> got a couple away. Um, second innings. Right. And then clean bowled. Put oh, the bail back. Put the bail back on. Got, the a, stuff. Ca- got yeah. a couple away. Yeah. Got a couple. We need some close yeah. colours <laughs> for yeah. the audience that don't understand these phrases. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Straight up the chimney, got a couple away. <laughs> <laughs> all, all in a day's work at uh, university number one. Yeah. You certainly it? weren't going out to Fairfield or uh, Campbelltown Camden. No, so Sydney Uni are in the, the Thunder T20 League. So they, there are two leagues that operate in Sydney club cricket. That mm. must have hurt Sydney Uni to be in the Thunder League. Uh, absolutely. Mm. Uh, but it also <laughs> means that it, it rules out away games for me. Uh, right. Hawkesbury next week no thanks yeah. no way. that's and a real shame let's put this together you're on the Cricket New South Wales board so I'm yeah. starting to put a few things together You've we'll be in the Sixers conference streams. next year yeah. <laughs> <laughs> is that Waverley Oval Randwick Sydney yeah. University yeah. Mm. well uh, just tell us about being on the board I mean last time we spoke it was ahead of the Ashes series so the, the main thing that's changed is that you've been announced to be on Cricket New South Wales' board uh, the, the cupboard's pretty fucking bare in New South Wales Cricket you've been there for six weeks what are you doing to fix the state well, when people talk about your first 100 days in office, Sam, I think I've got elected in Australia retain the ashes within a week. So <laughs> <laughs> you claim that like I Trump think, claims the economy. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I, I think, think that, it was a week. There's a pretty yeah. strong correlation yeah. between me being on the board of Cricket South Wales and Australian cricket mm. you know, on its way back to the top. Are you going to be tweeting? Uh, being part of the board or being part of New South Wales cricket involves having a heavy Twitter presence. Are you going <laughs> to step things up there? <laughs> well, you know... As, as you know, even to come on this show was was I had to jump through hoops and, mm. and over hurdles. Uh, yeah. So you know the, the totally had to go through a comms process as well. Obviously. Absolutely, yeah. had to go through the whole yeah. the inquiries page on our website. That's anonymous. What does Craig New South Wales say about like the pitfalls of coming onto this show? I think they were a bit scared off. You know, previously you've uh, interviewed Sock, and I think he let a few uh, exuberant uh, phrases go. So I think they were worried about how loose around the edges it gets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I'll, I'll keep it pretty tight. I'll keep it tight. Cool. Okay. So um, you've been mentioned as a possible new national selector. <laughs> <laughs> I guess what? Um, you know, that's obviously gone out to seek.com.au. I don't know if you put the application in, but... Um, Who's going about six? Yeah, yeah, no, well, I mean, I think yeah. the main question is, and, and this is what the country will essentially decide Ed's candidacy on, we don't even know if he's a candidate, is what's your position on Sean Marsh's re-entry into the side? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, let, let's address the issues uh, head on here. 
Sam. Uh, you know, I know conflicts of interest. You know, if you sit on boards in sport mm. in Australia, you actually it's assumed that you are heavily conflicted. I, I don't know if that's the benchmark we're going to hold ourselves to. So I think it probably rules me out of of being official selected. I can still be a pub selector though, and and right. I'm ve- I'm you know very happy to weigh into this debate. Mm. But if someone Sean taps you on the shoulder and says, you know, we're, an executive order has been issued and mm. you can now mm. be part of the selection panel, mm. would you? Like Peter Vlandis with being the CEO of Rugby League and also racing. Absolutely. Yeah. Hey, it's, a, it's a free-for-all, basically. It's mm. a jungle out there. Um, mm. I, I actually think the, the new selectors role should be one that applies a little bit more rigour than perhaps has been in the past. So I'd like to see someone get their... their teeth stuck in and treat it as a full-time job right and obviously as I'll, opposed I'll, to what one what have you observed it to be in the past uh probably traditionally hasn't been probably given the time i don't think that it, it probably the well, salary range on seek is 150k plus so it does no. seem to be equivalent to a I'm full-time in. Job. Uh, yeah, ex- mm. yeah absolutely mm. are you referring to mark wall selecting players while he's commentating big bash or something <laughs> well there's a conflict to start with obviously yeah. you know like when uh Former selectors come to the head of high performance and say, you know, I don't think I need to go to the game with this live streaming bit. Yeah. Why do I need to actually watch the players? It's no. a good point. Stream it's, it. It's on the internet now. Yeah. yeah. So I can just sit at home, mm. maybe have a little side hustle betting over here mm. and pick national teams mm. for 150 large. Yeah. No worries. In, in 4K. In Plus 4K. the rest. Yeah. yeah. Incentives. Yeah. Absolutely. What else do you need to be a selector? I mean, apart from, you know, intermediate proficiency in Microsoft software products mm. what Excel, else Excel Excel Word PowerPoint I don't know if, if it's you know even moved to Excel in the cloud I think that's we're, what we're, you prob- we're probably yeah. Yeah, you could offer that that could be something Absolutely. you bring in yeah. sitting yeah. down with JL and how to SAS use Excel products. I'm proficient with Microsoft Word if you need to put a deck together especially now that Shock they can self-design them for mm. you it's typing not, speed selecting's not what it used to be yeah mm. um, just used to get around in a room and you know nut it out pick them out of a hat what was the question? What do you well, need? I mean, aside from watching oh, okay, the, yeah, the games yeah, of cricket. Um, I, th- I think some base level of experience around what great teams look like, whether yep. that's culturally, whether that's understanding what performance metrics are really important to build great teams. Big data. Absolutely. So I'd love someone, I'm going to throw two names at you, a George Bailey or a Cameron White. I think they would be fantastic national selectors. Why? Well, current experience, they know, they know the playing group, they're in touch with the current game. They understand, as I said, that those key sort of metrics that of people that would contribute to teams. Um, getting around other men. Absolutely. Mm. Yeah, getting around them is obviously high on yeah. the... Sharing towels. Sharing towels, mm. absolutely. A couple of cheap hundreds as well mm. uh, here and there. I mean, who, who needs runs and wickets these days? <laughs> well, exactly. We do as a nation. I mean, mm. we got some of those yesterday with, mm. with Davey Warner. What do you think about the It was the a big game, start? wasn't it? It was a, it was a big game. Yeah. Well, 230 plays 99. <laughs> Great start in the summer. Do you feel safe? <laughs> do you feel safe about Australian cricket, as we do? Yeah. Yep. I think uh, <laughs> the trend line is upwards. <laughs> I'd like to see a few more batsmen emerge. I'm mm. not going to lie. Yeah. How do you do that, though? Because, like, there's a bit of clear air in Australian cricket now. Obviously, there's no crisis. There's no industrial yeah. dispute. There's no um, big ashes or World Cup or something. We've just got a couple of like lower twenty nine T twenty. Yeah, yeah. We've got twenty four T twenty games. Yeah, months, bit of big bash and whatever. So like now we get to see whether Australia is going to kind of like rebuild the Death Star or actually commit to being nice blokes who do things a little bit 
differently or a bit more modern? Like, do you expect that to happen? How how are you meant to select a side with Greg Chappell gone and not picking like nineteen year olds and killing state cricket in the meantime? <laughs> There's a little bit to unpack there, mm. Pez. Yeah. Um, Take your time. Yeah. Well, I think for culturally, they're, they're definitely trending in the right direction. I think Tim Payne and Just Lang have done a phenomenal job. I think in terms of a batsman emerging, I think it's just about raising the bar of expectation. But, you know, let's find some guys purely by lifting the expectation upon them, knowing that you're not going to get picked averaging 32 in shield cricket four seasons in a row. You're going to have to be the superstar and that will equate to getting a good run in the test team. So I think the, the basis is there, and there's no shortage of talent. I think how that talent's been managed, um, probably not in the last year, but b- before that uh, transition to Justin Langer, probably um, probably seems needs to be addressed, and it has been. So like, you, you, you're basically saying like if you score a boatload of runs, you get into the Aussie side. Like, like, who, are there Shock. It's a crazy theory. Yeah, what? Uh, what about the 19 squad? Um, like, uh, who, who are some of the names on your radar then? I mean, there's probably three spots in the Aussie batting order. Is it the, the people you're thinking of that kind of fit into the criteria you were just talking about? Yeah, so uh, I think when people post Ashes think, who's going to open the batting? Is it going to be Marcus Harris? Well, for me, it has to be Marcus Harris. He's the dominant Shield player. He came back post Ashes, got 100, admittedly in a game where there are about 23 other 100 scored, but you've got to get the runs on the board. So he, he deserves a chance to play at home again. He played well last summer against India without probably the huge results. Had a tough time of it in England, but probably should have started in the team. He deserves a chance to, to make a name for himself, I think. So there's probably one name that, that falls off the list. Uh, and then it's up to other people to, to put their hand up. You know, it's sad that someone like a Curtis Patterson is injured at the moment because he's one person that I think could, could fill that void. Sad that Mitch Marsh put his hand through the wall and and won't be batting at six, mm. we don't think. So all, Do all roads point to Bukowski? You know, as one yeah, they, I think they do at this point in time. Mm. Uh, I'd love to see him get one more hundred before that that test team's picked and he'll get a good crack at it uh, in the next couple of weeks. Is there any future planning going on? Because, like, let, let's say Sean Marsh, for instance, right, 200 and whatever the other day. Like, there's, there's no point going in with Sean Marsh now because, as Pez said before, like, mm. there's no big it's series for another couple of years. Exactly. Yeah. So is there... a a, a chance here to pick Bukowski who might not be quite ready just yet, but give him a chance in the team to develop. So in two, three years time, he's ready to go in the ashes. Well, heaps of tons on flat tracks against like, you know, fourth and fifth rated test sides. Hang on. I think, what, where are we? Sixth. <laughs> <laughs> better teams than us. Yeah, yeah but we retain the ashes, teams. so everything's better now. Yeah, Smith's yeah, back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, we've got great opportunity for him to learn with the likes of, of Smith. So I'm all for, at this point in time, you're right, getting someone who might be a little bit uh, green around the edges. I think, mm. Is that a mixed me- metaphor? Yeah. 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 What's it? What's it meant? It makes mean? sense though. Mm. Yeah. It'd be rough around the edges. Rough green, around the edges. Wet behind the ears. Wet behind the ears. So you're saying Glenn Maxwell at three? <laughs> 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 but isn't that what we've two eyes now? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what we've always done is to put players in there who maybe they're not quite ready, but they represent you know a, enormous upside and potential. We just throw them in there and they learn from around the mm. more experienced players. Do we have that number of experienced players no. now to guide them into that yeah. echelon? Will Pekoski learning from Manus Labouchain. Yeah. Doesn't mm. that just roll off the tongue? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, look, I, I think we've got a generational player in Steve Smith who's very giving of his time. Dave Warner, 25 test hundreds. There, there, there's enough there to kind of learn not only from those two but a Justin Langer from a, a batting point of view. So... 
I'm all for, you know, th- this slow recycling of of youth mm. coming into the team, and obviously Bukowski's at the top of that list. Mm. But having said that, you've got Joe Burns, you've got Curtis Patterson on the fringes, and then I guess the other sort of batting spot that people kind of look at is Travis Head and what happens to him. But I, I think he needs to go back and, and score some big runs and, and really earn that spot back. What, what about bowlers? Just, just while on the test side and you're the next selector, um, there's like 87 <laughs> quicks in Australia who could all play. Uh, Amen. So, yeah, <laughs> so like that's a good thing too, I suppose. But like, Bowlers I mean, win it, matches, Pez, as you yeah, know. Yeah, sure. Yeah. What does that mean? Everyone wins matches. Got to take 20 wickets yeah. to win uh, games of oh, cricket. Okay. Yeah. Um, so there's so many quicks like who'd been your first four i know that you know the easy option they're like oh look there's probably five or six we'll take him in we'll rotate him mm. through but like let's talk specifically about stark for example who finished the ashes on the fringes but it's just such a world better here you know do you have him in the 11 well it depends i think i'd love to see the the old-fashioned horses for courses policy when you when you do have these exceptional talents all in one squad then why wouldn't you try and get more cricket out of Mitch Stark by picking him on surfaces that really suit him. And those surfaces are primarily wickets where the ball's reverse swinging. Um, so at the Gabba, maybe, but uh, yeah, it's more those wickets where you, you start to see some deterioration of the ball in reverse coming in. Uh, then the other guys can stand the seam up, you know, at Adelaide or, or the Wacker. Um, so who's like just sitting underneath there? Because you could still say, oh, is it... Is it Nisa or Siddle or Pattinson or like or Jai Richardson's coming back and yeah. Langer loves Richardson? You know? Yeah, like, he's a good bowler. Yeah. I, I think we've, we might have seen the end of of Pete Siddle, mm-hmm. but yeah, we probably saw that four years ago as well. So, yeah. what about Jackson Bird? High quality bowler. Mm. High quality bowler has been for a long period of time, and I've said, I think on the radio before, in my mind, he's top ten bowlers I've ever played with. He's a phenomenal bowler, probably hasn't been given the opportunity in conditions that suit his style of bowling uh, to, to play more for Australia. So there are lots of fast bowlers. I, I like Michael Ness's work. He, he's super high quality. And then, as you say, Jai Rich, Richardson coming back. So there is scope to kind of pick and choose, have a squad of fast bowlers and try and you know expand the time frame where they're all fit together by using them in a really smart manner. What about the other themes of the summer? You know, we've got to find things to talk about. There's a vacuum. Is yeah, Smith, is he going to be captain? You know, at some point? Is Steve Smith going to be captain? I don't think so. I, I think there'll be a push for that to happen, but uh, I personally don't... Well, I wouldn't want to see it happen. Mm. I think, A, Tim Payne's done a, a great job bringing the team back into the social conscience from, you know, basically being hated by every person in the country. It's now a team that you, you're pretty proud to support, I think. There will be a natural transition where he moves out of the team, I think, particularly with the emergence of Alex Carey. But when that happens, I don't think it's natural for, to assume that Steve Smith is going to be the captain. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, there's a big difference between being the best leader and the best batsman. Mm-hmm. And he's clearly the best batsman, but is he the best leader? I'd love to see a Pat Cummins get a get a crack at being uh, the test captain, that's for sure. What do you say <laughs> in response to like the you know, the cricket legends who will just say like, look, you can't pick a bowler. They get injured all the time. You need to stay on the park. You it's know. not 1975. So, no. For not what Rod Hogg thinks. One of your favourites, uh, Jeff Lawson, obviously captain New South Wales with a plum <laughs> over, <Boomer King>. uh, <laughs> over many seasons. Yeah. So I think yeah. where your leadership ability, it, look, to be honest, all the tactical stuff on the field, 
is generally by consensus anyway. You know, it's, it's not authoritarian in any sense. So it's more the captaincy away from the actual match day, the stuff that starts at six at night and ends at 10 in the morning before mm. the next ball's bowled. Mm. Um, you know, that's the important stuff that a captain really needs to focus on if they're trying to be cultural leaders as well. And, and you just got to pick the best leader for that. Mm. And just on the... Um winning the public over that you mentioned earlier. So you think we've done that? Like mission achieved by Cricket Australia since Sandpaper Gate, obviously a, a traumatic time for Australian cricket. Have they won us? Are, we, are our hearts now with cricket in Australia? I mean, I, th- I think we're on the path to recovery. I, I wouldn't say right. that every Australian is enamoured with the team, but you can't keep everyone happy, as you guys know. Just read the you know the Facebook comments week in, week out. Um, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there has been a swing in the sentiment. I think there's been a swing in the sentiment. And just looking at you, Ed, you, you look in great shape at the moment. <laughs> we actually have cameras. Yeah, we did talk about this. Have, on you, there. have you done some, some pipe work recently? Uh, that could mean a few things. This is the first time anyone's <laughs> mentioned my pipes on, on a broadcast. That's usually all this guy. Yourself in, the, in that TDM growth part as Polo. Lululemon. Looking very so comfortable. Good. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess while we're on the topic of rigs and we're just talking about some serious mm. summer themes, you, you obviously play great cricket. Yes, um, any tub stories? How, you know, can you, uh, just for the people listening out there, mm. like, You've spanned. I mean, who was the I've player a, you played with when you started? I mean, there's some. I've seen tubs around the around the globe. I've yeah. seen the best of the tubs. Oh, I've seen the some worst, tubs here. I've yeah. seen some tubs. Some, the worst of the tubs. Yeah. Some random tub team members. Yeah. Looking no further than Greg Matthews. Sure. Yeah. Sometimes he refuses that, to come onto this podcast. Refuses so. to. Look, rightly or wrongly, I can't comment on on Greg's position there, but I, okay. I do remember <laughs> Greg, Greg tubbing with the opposition a few times. Yeah. Well, like well, bad well, here. Where he, uh, you know, oh, mate, I'm about to get into story mode and Sorry. here you are cracking gag. But Mo, I don't think you're getting your head around this. Mo would tub with the opposition if you liked the look of one yeah. of the, uh, the younger players in the opposition. He'd just freak him out by turning up in the tub nude. We did hear a similar thing from Jim Maxwell on that note, which we've talked about, yeah, but probably won't need to talk about again. Frightening. So. But tubbing, yeah, with the opposition, that's big in the UK. I remember when I played rugby over there, you, you were encouraged to tub together. Mm. There was a big communal shower. Brings men together. Doesn't it? Mm. Um, play hard on the field, play hard off the field. <laughs> what, no, what does that mean? <laughs> you really said that with your eyes when you looked at me as well. Um, Mornay Morkel played for Manly over the weekend. Legend. For, do you reckon he's going straight into the straight into the showers first game? Plenty confidence. Plenty of confidence. Heaps, heaps of test wickets. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm thinking that's that's not breeding his confidence. He's six Have foot you... eight. Mm. There's not much missing to Mornay, I don't think. Have you sent him a message just reminding him that you got 136 at the Gabba off his bowling? A, a nice reminder. I might uh, just get on the tweet and, and throw it out there. He's a, in all honesty, I know you love this question. Who's the hardest bowler you've ever faced, Pez? Because that's right up your alley. That was going to be the next question, yeah. Uh, Mornay Morkel, mm. number one. The, the guy he's got 100 against. Not Stain. It's like, have you ever seen that, that um, Kevin Peterson documentary? Yeah. No. Yeah, you haven't seen it where he talks. He's geo blocked in Australia. Was it? Yeah. He's, t- he's talking through his best hundreds and he's like, Dalla was bowling so fast that day I could hardly see it. It was flying past my head. It was in the dark and I looked up and all of a sudden I was 156. <laughs> the trail off there is good. I hate when that happens. He's yeah. like, oh, I'm 156. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was it so happen. fast. So, so fast. They lost yesterday. <laughs> Morning's team lost. Did they? Yeah, really? They lost twice on the weekend, yeah. actually, the Manly Boys. Sydney Uni chased down 468 on the Saturday. 
Right. We should say put that in the, the grade cricket annals. Well, Sydney University is sort of um, widely regarded as uh, a very successful and also Sydney's most arrogant club. And um, what? Are you joking? Not. No. I don't think anyone would disagree with that, would they? Most arrogant. Yes. Mate, that's crazy. It's talk. up there. Most yeah. number of narcissists within this uh, club. Yeah, what have I walked into here? Mm. Yeah, you guys are... No, well, I was so... going to say, no, this is just a, a no, backhanded compliment because <clears throat> there's a... You guys also, they do some very uh, verbose reports after every game. And I did note this morning when the Sydney Uni one came out that you just elevated yourself to the second highest ever run score in Sydney University. Mm. Uh, behind the great G... Behind the great Greg Malhoff, I'd love to come to this podcast as well. Well, just I, I can tee that up. Yeah, the greatest ever grade cricketer. Mm. Yeah, do you he'd think he'd appreciate that fourth. title? He's fourth greatest grade cricketer. No, he's not. Well, it's three. You three. Well, yeah, yeah, maybe. Uh, I think he'd wear that as a badge of honour. Yeah, mm. good player. He'd have to put the microphone just on the side of his mouth though, because he only speaks. <laughs> does he is he a side <laughs> mouth? Have uh, you never met the great GJ Mail? I, I know he's a have, hero of yours. I certainly have met him, actually. You know, you, you yeah. played for the Tigers together, yeah. didn't you? Uh, didn't no. pick you in first grade that that time. <laughs> no, he did actually, and he actually, he's, yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a long thing. But um, have you ever told that story? <laughs> yeah, I think I have. <laughs> on air? Yeah, I, I have. Come yeah. on. Are you rapping? Um, <laughs> <laughs> what, what, I mean, what, what does it mean to be number two at Sydney University? The oldest cricket club in Australia. So, mm. Yeah, it's it's proud. It's a uh, it's a great cricket club. I don't know where this arrogance that you... Uh, it's certainly not a uh, theme, having been around the club for 24 seasons that I'd associate with, with university. It's obviously an extremely successful club. It is now. It, it hasn't always be been. Humble. People envy success mm. yeah. and history and tradition. I don't know. In the last 20 years, it probably has been the most successful club, but it's coming. it was coming off a very low base. It hadn't won a first-grade premiership for, I think, 80 years. So And then you arrived. <laughs> no, it's more Ryan Carter, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah are, are you going to captain threes in a couple of years? Wouldn't mind that. Yeah. yeah. I'm waiting for my nephews to grow up a little bit. Right. So one's 10 at the moment. He, he's shown a, an interest in cricket. But, you know, I'll get, him to, get, get him to sort of 14. He'll, he, he might be a sixth grader. I'll get him in threes and then we can. Is there know, any kind of conflict threes. to being on the Sydney Uni board with? New South Wales board duties? I mean, you've got so many boards now that you're on. I'm They're actually not on the Sydney University board. Would you like to be? No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, time allocation. It's right. It's a, it's it's a very well run club though, so they, they don't need me. That's for sure. Do you think Grey Creek has changed a lot, like since you started to now? Like I mean, we've gone through tubbing culture. Doesn't seem to have changed Hasn't much. Changed but, much. Uh, you know, do you, is it roughly the same experience as it was when you were sort of eighteen, nineteen? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, one thing that pains me a little bit is you hear these old guys. Oh, it's not what it used to be. It's not as hard as it used to be. There's not enough talent coming through club cricket. That was my impression of, you know, us. <laughs> Basically. Uh, I think it's all uh, it's all fibs. Mm. I've seen so much talent in the last couple of years playing club cricket, particularly in the, in the shorter formats. You see guys doing stuff you wouldn't have dreamt of doing 20 years ago. The skill level's there. Uh, the tubbing culture's still there. I don't think teams mingle as much as they probably used to drink as much beer after the game there was a washout the other day i think in round two and everyone went to the gym we used to go to the pub which is a bit that was a bit disappointing um but i think in terms of skill and competition all of it's all there still so players are better and healthier basically yeah. yeah okay well, nothing else from you two fellas, so we wish you all the best, Ed. Thanks for coming on for, I think, maybe your 13th time. 
um, to the Grade Cricketer podcast and um, there's a number of Cricket New South Wales sponsored comments that you made. Um, so um, I suppose that's just comes with the territory. Yeah. Um, but I suppose next time we see you might be the new national selector. So Absolutely. Anyway. Well, let's hope so. Mm. Cheers. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Mm. Parville Florin, a very warm welcome to the Grade Cricketer podcast, mate. I have a, a bad, uh, bad uh, experience with the police when uh, opened my trunk and there was the bat <laughs> of cricket and I tried playing. <laughs> Uh, guys, uh, I am a player of cricket and these guys say, what is the cricket? I don't know. And I say, okay, it's a sport, I'm a sport and don't believe me, the police. And I say, okay, but think how I can't go to the fight with this bat. It's very heavy and you, for real, you can't go to the fight with the cricket bat. Efficiency. <laughs> Hashtag ask TGC gents. Wonderful to speak to both Russell Arnold and Ed Cowan uh, on, on the show. Wonderful stuff. Um, this is a great chance for us to mention the live shows we'll be doing this year. It's a whole new act. If you come to see us before, come and see us again because it's a whole new thing, new guests, new everything. Uh, the, first, the first new bits, the first show is in Brisbane. That's coming up, lads. It's only a couple of weeks away. Uh, we're going to be at the Princess Theatre Thursday, November 21. That's the night after day one of the first test match of the summer, 7.30pm with Jason Gillespie. Good guest. Huge. Good room as well. Checked it out. Jason Gillespie is very TGC areas. Self-effacing, but got a few levels. That's right. That's right. What the fuck does that even mean? Don't even know. Um, that's going to that's gonna be good. Looking forward to that. Let's kick off the tour. Um, Pez, you and I are heading to Adelaide. Yes. Uh, we're doing the Rhino Room Saturday, November 30, 12 p.m. That's with Sean Tate. We're doing 12 p.m. because it's a day-night test match. So make that just the best day of your life. By If you're going to the cricket that day, we'll be wrapped up, uh, giving you plenty of time to walk up to it's the, the best way Oval. to prepare for a day-night test. I've always said that. Yeah. A few people have commented on uh, on social media saying Khan got cricket, which is first of all very funny, using mm-hmm. using our own humour against mm-hmm. us. Well played. Um, also, why why are you playing cricket when the test match? You get one test a year, day night test match. It is like the thing to do in Adelaide for the year. Isn't grade cricket off that day. Though? Grade cricket is off, but, yeah. uh, but other lower levels, lower levels, and we don't really. Which want is them our core there. demographic. Really. We actually don't really mm-hmm. want. We them don't coming. want them there, but they are our core demographic. <laughs> regrettably, I was actually. Um, it was suggested to me this week by a former grade cricket teammate of mine that it needs to be changed to park cricketer because of the content we're putting together. And I said, okay, no worries, I'll just change it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, you should have told me that at the top of the show. I keep, keep calling it the Grade Cricketer Podcast. Mm. That's my mistake. Um, so Saturday, November 30, 12 p.m. That's with Sean Tate, local hometown boy. Wild thing. Well, the wild thing. Um, uh, on the Saturday, that's day two of the Adelaide Test Match Rhino Room. Um, all these tickets are going to be greatcricket.club. You know the deal. We've got two shows in Melbourne, two shows in Sydney after that. The Corner Hotel, the Comedy Store, you know the dates. Uh, John Hastings is going to be our guest for Melbourne. That's going to be awesome as well. And Sydney after that into the new year in 2020. I can't believe it's 2020. Uh, much like Glenn Maxwell's vision, now he's using two eyes. Uh, greatcricket.club is where you can get all the tickets. Let's move on because you had enough of me talking about live shows we're going to be doing, but please do come because they're great nights out, great days out if you're in Adelaide, uh, rolling into one of the biggest days of your life. All right, Steve Stevens writes in, hashtag says, I explained cricket to a Brazilian dad during our kids under 11 game this morning. At the end, he said, the more I learn about this game, the more I dislike it. How do I best respond whilst ensuring he keeps taking his son to cricket? Well, Steve, 
That's Steve's great, the guy that has a av- avatar of him playing a cover drive. Correct. He's yeah. coming before. He's coming a couple of times, I think, yeah. actually. Good questions. Good question. Good shot, too. Mm-hmm. Where's Still. the ball in that profile? Steve? Good question. Good question. The stumps aren't in shot either, so no. it's interesting. Yeah. It's like the Victor Trumper shot. It wasn't actually even it wasn't, playing. It wasn't a game. <laughs> he wasn't playing. It wasn't a game. That was a good shot, though. Uh, <laughs> well, I think the first thing to understand is, like, well, that's, a Brazilian dad would say that I mean, if you grew up in the like the home of football. Mm. Yeah. And jiu-jitsu. You know, football. What, what would you think about fucking cricket? You're like, oh, I, I grew up with Pele, mate. Mm. Yeah. Pele with Cafu. <laughs> <laughs> with Roberto Carlos. And now what's he, what's he watching? Fucking Finchy. Also, yeah. the way, like, the more I learn about this game, the more I dislike it. <laughs> perfectly it's just put. perfectly yeah. put, isn't it? I'm yeah. thinking getting that tattooed. Yeah. yeah. I like my, my lower <laughs> I like that you've added the accent. He could have perfect, like... English dialect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not parkour, is it? It's not. It's not no. jujitsu. It's not. You know. It's, there's nothing interesting about cricket. It's there's no athleticism to it. Just like nice. I want my kid to be able to defend himself, also have some straight cred. Parkour is that the one where they just fucking jump around and stuff? Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, They just. <laughs> oh, you see those <laughs> that's, that's your explanation of parkour. Yeah, yeah. No, no, they just like jump around and shit. <laughs> yeah, uh, one of the great office scenes. Mm. <laughs> US. Uh, yeah, okay. I, I don't think I've ever explained cricket to a foreign person and had it dealt with favourably. Nah. Because where do you start? Yeah. I, I, mean, I mean, there's so many terrible aspects to the game. Yeah. So it's got to pitch in line, then politics. hit in line. If it's outside the line, but they're not yeah. playing a shot. Yeah. Mm. I guess, like, you could just say of this man, like, you would agree. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Spot on, mate. Yeah. Spot okay. On, mate. Uh, the next question comes as a great question, obviously, from Tamara Rogers. And she says, G'day, gents. I'm a single 29-year-old heterosexual female with an average rig, nice teeth, and well-maintained salad. Mm. I write seeking advice on my love life. I genuinely love cricket and have a decent knowledge of the game. When I meet men and the conversation turns to sports, I often, automatically and regrettably, have verbal diarrhoea about cricket history, statistics, and players. Although I watch as their smiles devolve to amused intrigue, then tolerant confusion, finally setting on utter boredom and or discomfort, I feel powerless to stop myself. When I find myself in a relationship, my partner inevitably starts eyeing me with suspicion as I gush about Aaron Finch's cover drive, Marcus Stoinis's sixes over long on, Pat Cummins's Yorker and Elise Perry's general awesomeness. Cricket obsession aside, I am, perhaps unsurprisingly, a fairly normal, independent, active woman who has plenty of friends, enjoys a nice red, and generally, I love life. Hashtag blessed. Does my love and knowledge of the game unintentionally chick alpha prospective life partners? Should I pretend to be less interested in the game in order to snag a mate? Or, when dating a cricketer, should I go out of my way to avoid all of their games, hoping that in some very twisted form of an Oedipus complex, they will become more desperate to seek my approval? Is there some way I can make my love of the game more sexy, a la Lara Bingle circa 2006, but hopefully with more dignity? Or, acknowledging that I've possibly lost all my dignity in even asking these questions, should I accept that I may be single forever? Here goes. Fancy a date? Many thanks, Tamara. Was that just you adding the last bit? You can see on the screen, here goes, that I'm not. I find that talking about cricket in any sort of... It's not an aphrodisiac cricket discussion. It's no aphrodisiac. For some reason... Although it is loneliness. <laughs> I want to keep going with this. I, want to keep I saw Tim Friedman the other day in the airport. Anyway, yeah, he was carrying an espresso machine. Sorry, tomorrow. Yeah. Carry on. We saw Tim Mitchin at Singapore Qantas Lounge as well, Pez and I. <laughs> <laughs> Complete aside. <laughs> now you were saying, he goes? Um, it's not an aphrodisiac. For, yeah. As the only single member of this trio, 
I do get asked um, when oh, we're that doing... That line gets a run like every second episode, <laughs> doesn't it? No. The only non-married, yeah. childless... Yeah, exactly, yeah. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think as you said a while ago, no one will survive me. <laughs> <laughs> Your obituary would just be like, he was one third of the career. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it won't my, even be sentence, won't even finish. It'd be my Instagram bio. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I would read. Um, yeah, like, you, like I get asked by people when we do like events and live shows and stuff, just like, oh, do you, do you meet like heaps of women by doing this? Surprisingly, no, not really. Not really. Real shock. Yeah, real shock. Real, real shock. shock. 99% like, of, our, of our followers are male. Yeah, and like, I don't find cricket a sexy conversation to talk about on dates um, with anyone. I think Tamara can join the same boat here. Mm. It's just like, what you want to do is, for Tamara, I think, you just want to like, Meet someone organically, do what you know, and, and have a relationship. Well, that's the and then just like, but then like drip feed that she actually knows quite a lot about cricket. And, you know, dropping the Lara Bingle reference. It's like I remember Clark was saying Lara Bingle, and I, they'd be like, "I'm oh, shocked." You're like, "Oh, do you do you know?" But like, you know, just just that kind of like drip feed the information right. that you're actually quite so learned about the game. Autistically reciting Shield statistics. That's not going to be just good. Kind of represent a healthy balance of hobbies and interests, and then drip feed a little bit of cricket chat within that. Spot on. Prison. You're saying this is how you would like to be wooed by a cricket lover. Yeah. You would like it to be drip fed to you slowly. So how many dates yeah. would it take <clears throat> before she can start reciting Marcus Stoinis's bicep circumference? De facto. De facto. So living with. Yeah. Moving in, then can talk. That's not a time frame. That's just the relationship status. <laughs> Don't mention his bicep circumference until we're in a de facto relationship. <laughs> and even, legally. And even then, yeah, legally, mm. yeah. So it's that two years, yeah. Mm. yeah. Uh, so yeah. so when you um, selected this question for mm. RTGC, mm-hmm. as you did, mm. um, you would obviously have then Googled tomorrow or Facebooked or whatever you yeah, young children do these days yeah, or yeah, with yeah. the internet. Um, yeah. She's asked a question publicly. Yeah, let's go on a date tomorrow. I couldn't find you on the internet. I'll find you LinkedIn. Well, Tamara, uh, that's, that's, he goes, inviting you to get in touch with him and to go on a date. And that's this show um, using people's emotions and relationships for our own entertainment cynically. So this is this episode of Perfect Partners on the footy show. As long as Pez and Dave can come as well and we do a show. But we do everything together. 100%. I enjoyed your honeymoon last week. <laughs> At my wedding, it was strange how you found yourself at the head of the wedding table. I didn't feel comfortable. What were you doing there? Didn't <laughs> <laughs> did it, you arrange the it tables? Wasn't, it wasn't assigned seating. So what happened was... Well, so sit up my table, but not near me. Yeah. Not on the head of the table. So what happened was... Okay. So, so, what, so what happened was... So it was Dave's wedding last Saturday. Mm. Pez and I... Uh, came along. Yeah. We came. We were invited. We, yeah. we, 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 we came <laughs> we along. Rocked up. We rocked we up. Yeah. We rocked up. Just we were, for the ceremony. We were wearing whites. Mm. And um, and then yeah, t- we were t- Pez and I were split apart mm-hmm. at different tables. Tactically, and then, tactically mm-hmm. split apart. Meet new people. <laughs> new people. So I ended up sitting next to you and your new wife, mm. and between your brother and his wife, mm. the best man. <laughs> I was between the four of you. I was the biggest fifth wheel mm. at a wedding there's ever been. But but for the listeners, what just happened there is that like he goes to seen himself on the head table yeah. and then inserted himself right next to the bride and groom. And now <laughs> on air, Dave said, happened. "What the fuck were you doing sitting next to me? You don't belong here." <laughs> That's not what happened. That's not what happened. Uh, all for entertainment, but it's true. Yeah, all, all for entertainment. Anyway, so yeah, tomorrow um, you can go with. He goes to the next wedding. Mm. Good point. Well, it's going to be our wedding tomorrow. Uh, last one today, lads. Matthew Donaghy. Hey, ask TGC. This season I changed clubs due to a variety of reasons. Brackets, teammate narcissism being the main one. Close brackets. I decided to play with a co-worker due to him being a good bloke. 
Unfortunately, my year has started poorly with two ducks and due to, the, due to my co-worker, this news has spread around the office. Which of the following three is my best option? One, get good despite being 30, looking like a swollen pear and having a receding hairline. Oh. Two, go back to university accumulating more hex debt and working at a cubicle job that will suck me dry like cricket oh. does anyway. What? Or three, quit cricket and get big. Thanks, Matthew. <laughs> so he's given you three options. Oh, the number one, get good. Despite being 30. Well, that goes against every Australian selection policy since 2004. So I reckon with Matthew, he can only succeed by scoring runs now. He's actually got himself in a position where he needs to play the game and do it well. At some point you need to, To To get back the social capital loss with the co-worker. Because the co-worker's brought him in. He's thought, I'm going to be big fish, small pond here. I'm going to play the game. And he needs runs. He he needs runs desperately. Travis Head recently said he's not out of form, he's out of runs. He and Matthew could be runs the same. Runs as a currency. Runs as a so currency. So maybe just print more runs. Like You're Zimbabwe saying, did that. Like he's at the point where he, the only way for him to be a success, yeah. inverted commas, in cricket is yeah. to score runs. He has no other way. And it yeah. begs the question of like, what are the ways to succeed in cricket? And the other way, obviously, is to get a rig. Yeah. Right? And so my question to both of you is... As someone, like if you're somebody who is both poor at the game and have a poor rig, mm. and so let's say for argument's sake, those variables are equal. Okay. What is the fastest way to success? Is it easier to get a rig or is it easier to get good at cricket? Depends what age you are. Okay, he's 30. Runs. Harder rig- to get a rig from 30. If you, ha- if you don't have a rig at 30, it's harder to get a rig than well, it, like just to go into like, is, just yeah. to go into like caloric deficit. Get yourself yep. down to say 75 yeah, kilos. Yeah, exactly. Oh. I mean, well, the, the third question he's posed is quit cricket and get big. But big isn't the only way of having good cricket. I mean, having good rig, should yeah. I say. Mm-hmm. Having a good cricket. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He can, yeah, have a caloric deficit. He can slim down. Mm-hmm. And then maybe he has done a little bit of touch work on the, on the toning side of things. Mm-hmm. And you can be one of those slim guys who are good at yoga and kind of lithe mm. and lean. And yeah. he could be but one of those rigs. Yeah. He goes to saying that's harder than scoring runs. And like, we're all sitting in the room. We probably average about 17 mm-hmm. uh, in cricket. Like it's very difficult to score runs, and you're saying it's no. even harder to get a rig. No, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, I am saying, I'm saying that. It's, what is a rig? It, it'll take him. Three, it? It'll take three months. If he, if he has no rig, if he's yeah. B, if he has high BMI, yeah. he has high no rig. rig. It'll take three months. Well, he, he says he, he looks like a swollen pet. Three months minimum. Three months minimum to get a rig. He just needs so one that's, score. That's an one score. So, but he, that's not getting good. One score isn't getting good. He just needs to get the social capital back. Yeah. One score. How long? Did, yeah. Okay. One well, score. He just needs to get like a seven. So a single teammate's narcissism has forced him to change yeah. clubs. That's, yeah. That's why. Well, it says a lot about Matthew here. Yeah. That's. Fuck. I need more information on this character. Yeah. It's like oh, I've di- I've diagnosed a teammate with narcissism yeah. personality complex. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Gone across the bridge. <laughs> <laughs> this new club though They won't have yeah. any narcissists No no Cricket clubs aren't Completely stocked With narcissists <laughs> And various personality disorders Well that's the Great Cricketer Podcast With me Ian Higgins Dave Edwards And Sam Berry <laughs> Thanks very much To Ed Cowan And Russell Arnold For joining the show And for you As ever For listening this To this show <laughs>